Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Uh, on today's show, we will do the transmilitary ban and LGBTQ envoy. The FDA has news about a monthly HIV shot. Bernie's mittens makers, Joja Siwa, Catholic bishops, an out Nigerian homosexual, tons of targeting of trans healthcare, moms supporting their sons' only fans, and more. Come again. Yes. Said, come again. <laughs> uh, you know, that's what you want them to say at the end. Come, come again. again. Come again. Remember that uh what was that Brit that British show on um on HBO and, and this woman was so racist she could every time someone had a little bit of an accent, she'd go, Come again. I didn't understand a word she said. <laughs> yeah. You know what my answer is to that question now? No, I'm old and I'm tired. Let's try again tomorrow. Yeah, oh, the, I, it's, it's, it, again, I've, always, no. I've always kind of been a one, one once and that's enough. Okay, um, do everything you want to do the first time through. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, that's why it's called a climax. We're done. Uh, <laughs> How are you, Del Shores? Well, Emerson, I just, I, I've had a, I had a sinking spell. <laughs> now, talk about getting old. I've had, had a sinking spell. Did y'all, you, you Southerners, did y'all, you, your grandmother used to say, I just had a sinking spell. Well, I had a sinking spell and I thought, I was writing and I thought, oh, I'll just lay down on the couch. Well, I woke up with like messy hair and, and, and it was 328 and I go, shit, I gotta, I gotta get ready here. I gotta look decent. And, and, and so I'm drinking coffee. I'm hoping to just get, you know, a little bit of energy. Emerson said, y'all will lift me up. That's right. Y'all. I, he said, you know, look, it's been a week. I've had some nights that were like, Ugh. I said, the pe let the people lift you up. That's what we do here. We come together. We entertain you. We inform you and you entertain and lift us up. Y'all know Del Shores is an extrovert. He needs that attention. He needs that applause. He needs his crazy loyal fans. Oh, that's right. I need that rush. I need that crowd. I think Rush was in there. Yeah. Need that rush. I need that applause. Well, I do miss the applause. You know, I was I was thinking about this this morning because um, uh, my daughter uh, <laughs> lift you up. We will lift you up better than Viagra. Thank you, Jim Levesque. Oh, and congratulations to Jim Levesque, number one on the LGBTQ list on Amazon, I believe. Yes. Uh, new book called again. Uh, 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 you said life after life after losses. Yes, life after losses. I was going to say life after death. I was going, no, 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 that's that's something else. That is the, that's that religious book. Life after losses. It's a wonderful book. I read it and I loved it so much. So, uh, Jim, congratulations. Um, I just put it in the chat for anybody who wants to pick up a copy. That's a direct link. Look at you, Emerson Collins, supporting our friend Jim Levac. Uh, so how are you? So you've had some, you've had some sinking spells this week. I have. You know, we've been talking to people about the weird, like, oh, it's a new year. Oh, it's a new administration. Oh, but it's still a pandemic, and we can't leave our houses, even though California just said we can, even though we had to change the air quality because we're cremating so many bodies. But whatever. There's a lot of like frustrated impulse, I think, you know, to like do to make change to, and then. Here we are sitting well, in it. My, my late really afternoon good. evenings have been like sloggy. I tell you, that, that decision pissed me off. It really did. I, I feel like it was, I understand it was politically motivated. And there, there's some, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it, it made me 
uh, not not so happy because I feel like people get they, it gives people permission to be lax and we can't be lax right now here in Los Angeles. I mean, I'm just like uh, really paranoid about going out, really anxious. I um, I was going to tell you, though, you said the applause, uh, Caroline, my daughter, Caroline and Rebecca. Rebecca sent me today a picture of Caroline, Rebecca and I standing on my porch going to see Margaret Cho two years ago. And Rebecca said, I miss things like this. And I, yes. I do too. Well, and it's related, right? I saw a photo of some 22,000 person concert in New Zealand, in Australia. They're having big dance parties because they shut it down really hard at the beginning. And the challenging part, yes, we just opened California, but I think LA County hopefully will make its own decisions. Uh, but it's the balancing act of we didn't do it right at the beginning, right? And we don't have the government support for the businesses because the other problem here is we shouldn't be forcing business owners to choose between surviving and losing their businesses and losing their own homes and doing what's best in the interest of public health. We should be supporting those people that we are asking to close their businesses, to close their entertainment so that they can make the responsible decisions for all of us. You know, we've created a lose, lose, lose for everyone situation. Yeah, the only thing I really liked about it was a little bit selfish, and I, that's why I understand you know business owners are rejoicing. Is uh, I oh I'll just give a little plug. I have a condo in Palm Springs, and I've had every reservation. It's a it's a you know it's it's with Airbnb and uh, just just Google sorted lives condo, y'all, and you'll see my cute little condo, and it started to book. Uh, huh? They they lifted, yeah. and you know that's that's some nice income and. And as you know, every time we ask for tips, we need some income right now. That's right. Well, you know, and the, and all of those regulations that made me think of, I saw a story about a, a boutique doctor here in Los Angeles who said rich people, entertainment people, offering like $10,000 to get the vaccine early, uh, rich people, various places trying to jump the line. And I thought that could not be more representative about the worst thing about the 1% versus the 99 of unfettered capitalism of you are literally the people who can most afford to sit at your fucking house and do nothing. Right. You know, the people that it's hard for, the people who own a small business, the people who work at a job, who live paycheck to paycheck, those are the people waiting in lines to get the last doses at the end of the night that are gonna go bad. We're talking about rich people who could sit in their compounds and twiddle their thumbs and they're the ones trying to jump the line and get, like, those are the, <clears throat> Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I was at my doctor uh, trying to get these shoulders to settle down a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just jokingly, I seriously was jokingly because she told me my uh, the, the nurse practitioner who was giving me my shot. She said, uh, you know, I've got um, uh, I'm getting a vaccine this week. And I said, uh, uh, I got two hundred dollars cash. Can you can you just just grab me one? And she said she said people are offering twenty five grand. 25 grand for a vaccine. If you have that kind of money, the only thing you want it for is to go on your fucking vacations, sit at your house, stop being an asshole, and maybe give that $25,000, I don't know, to the out-of-work restaurant workers and bartenders and the homeless people that they're just now trying to figure out where they can put them. Like, I, I mean- Tip your entertainers, tip your entertainers, whatever. Watch a show, watch a Zoom stand-up comedy show. There's literally nothing harder in the arts entertainment world. Convinced. Or or watch Blake MacGyver coming up and doing Carol, Carol Cook, which I can't wait for. Yep. Um, uh, your oh light is just weird today. It's getting my glasses. It's bothering me. Michael said Europeans flying to Florida to get the 
the vaccine. Jim, and yes, Biden announced this afternoon that they are ordering another 200 million vaccines, 100 from Moderna, 100 from, what's, I forget, y'all know, the 100 from each. Um, and then you have people like Kelly telling this story that can't get a vaccine for their 80-year-old immunocompromised mother. You know, it's like the, the, the piecemeal uh, rollout of all of it. But again, those of us young enough and safe enough, and if, you're if your only problem is boredom, sit your fucking ass at home. Well, mine is, and I am, and oh. I, but I do go out and what I do is, one thing that I have to say is I, that's really, really helped me and I just, you pass it along is you don't have to go on a strenuous hike. Just get your tennis shoes on, put your mask on and get out in the outdoors. It's really, really helped my, 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 my mental health. Very, very We've been doing just like drive arounds to nowhere, just getting in the car and changing the scenery. And on this Sunday, we actually, we drove up to Ojai and found a spot way away where we couldn't see anybody and like got out on a little hike. But I will tell you that I've apparently crafted a very specific brand because I posted a photo of me like standing in the river on a rock on Instagram today. And the number of comments that were just, look at you outdoors with your clothes on. I was like, I was a Boy Scout for 10 years. I staffed at summer camps. <laughs> this onion has many layers. They think you're such a sissy that you can't even stand on a rock in a river? I was like, y'all, it was just a walk in nature. <laughs> I wasn't free range rock climbing like 127 hours non oh, no. oh no, I can't, I can't, there's moss. <laughs> and in my, my closest friend group, by the way, I'm the one that's always like, let's go camping and everyone else is like, that's where the doors are on the outside and there's no room service, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm with your friends. I'm in that group of friends. Don't you ever ask me to go camping. I know it, I would not. Um, um, all right, well, we got a bunch of, uh, of LGBTQ news and nonsense. We'll get on to some stories and keep chatting. Thank you for being here. Uh, please share the broadcast. We are grateful for all of you watching live with us right now. And a hello to those who watch it later. Yes, hello, hello. Um, oh, is it? I'm up, I guess. I'm, I'm you sure are. Well, here I was celebrating. We knew it was coming. I am so happy. The Trump trans military ban is over y'all done overturned our new defense secretary uh lloyd austin's very first day in office it, it happened and the white house issued this statement president biden believes that gender identity should not be a bar to military service and that america's strength is found in its diversity this question of how to enable all qualified Americans to serve in the military is easily answered by recognizing our core values. America is stronger at home and around the world when it is inclusive. The military is no exception. Allowing all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform is better for the military and better for the country because an inclusive force is more effective force. Simply put, it's the right thing to do and it is our in our national interest i loved it so much it sounded like a real good sermonette absolutely and, and i want to say amen do i hear an amen out there in the amen. amen and that one guy who did that weird prayer and said and a woman still confused by that um, i don't know what amen means right and it was it, one it's not a uh-huh sure absolutely <laughs> that too the, it was exciting to hear this happen on the tail of the executive order last week. You know, they were talking about racial equity today. 
the yes, it's been delayed, but the 100 day moratorium on deportations that the Texas court threw out, but still, the, they really are demonstrating how important and prioritized marginalized communities, their rights, their equality, their treatment in our country are to this administration. So many early actions uh, and, and so encouraging to see. Yeah. So if you think that, you know, if you think there was a, a, a pro-gay administration before, oh, just come on. Yes. Come on. And then the only flip side, I saw, you know, a trans service member say earlier today, I thought it was a really good point. This is really great. Obviously, for the trans community in general, not the highest priority. It's a lovely symbolic thing. But like, obviously, the vast majority of trans people aren't serving in the military and equal treatment and health care and housing and the things the Equality Act would do and the state things we'll get to a little later. Uh, but still, the the symbolic nature and the real world impact on trans people who choose to serve in the military is very very exciting. Very. Um, and relatedly, we officially today have a brand new Secretary of State. Antony Blinken was confirmed this afternoon. I mean, he says that he will appoint an envoy for LGBTQ plus rights to deal with our issues home and abroad. Um, this position isn't new. It was created under Obama, but Trump left it vacant for his entire term. Uh, Blinken said, appointing the envoy is a matter, I think, of some real urgency. We've seen violence directed against LGBTQI people around the world increase. We've seen, I believe, the highest number of murders of transgender people, particularly women of color, that we've seen ever. And so I think the United States playing the role that it should be playing in standing up for and defending the rights of LGBTQI people is something that the department is going to take on and take on immediately. Related to the last administration, remember Pompeo made that commission on unalienable rights and stacked it with a bunch of religious bigots? Yeah. Definitely designed to sort of prioritize religious bigotry as a right over LGBTQ human rights and equality. He said he will reject the findings of that commission. And also he will let US embassies display pride flags without just restrictions anytime and anywhere they damn well Please, and again, first action, Secretary of State saying our community home and abroad that we want to lead on this issue around the world. What they are saying up front really matters and then we hold them accountable to following through on it. Very it's encouraging. Like they're digging through the drawers for all the bigotry, they're throwing it in the wastebasket and anything that there is a, a commission has is in the middle of, that's uh-uh, no, we're done. We're rejecting this shit. Yeah. So, Good. I don't, Good. It's like, and it's just every time. And also, you know, words, what I love about this, what I love about as Biden, we see in press conferences, we see uh, what each person says. What I'm enjoying is the returning to the idea that words matter. Now, mm -hmm. words aren't enough, right? If you say the thing and then don't follow it up with action, if there isn't definitive legislation, if there isn't uh, real world impact for real people, words are meaningless. But the last administration made words mean nothing, just blatant lies, obfuscations. Uh, just outright saying things that are untrue, seeing people say the things they should be saying while they do their jobs. It's just, I don't know, it's like taking a, sh a shower after a hot day hiking a mountain. Well, I had a really interesting uh, text exchange with someone who uh, I, I actually really like, and it, it claims, you know, to be independent, not not Republican or Democrat, but was saying, well, but, but Trump was the uh, gay pro uh, he's a gay pro president and, and sent me this link to some 
log cabin Republicans opinion in the Florida news or something. And I read everything, every point, and I, it was all verbal. Every, just what you said, it was, everything was rhetoric, verbal, saying we are, we are, we are, but there were no actions to back it up. And I said, I stand by actions, not by words. And that is exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing actions right now, which gets me to this story that I love so much. Our first lady, our first lady, uh, we have a first lady, y'all, again, uh, who, who is actually doing something. Uh, Dr. Jill Biden, her first, one of her first official acts was to visit one of the uh, Whitman Walker Health HIV uh, clinics in Washington, D.C. They proudly represent uh, themselves as a healthcare expert for the LGBTQ community and those living with HIV AIDS. Uh, Dr. Biden met with CEO of, uh, of the Whitman uh, Walker Health and the CEO of Cancer Support Community to highlight and promote support of services for cancer patients and caregivers. And she also wanted to hear about the impact of COVID-19 on the access of healthcare, including cancer screenings and, and, and previous efforts. And she even held an open conversation in front of the uh, White House pool press with others at the clinic who serve patients with HIV and AIDS and ran into patients seeking PrEP or other sexual health service. And in other words, she cares. She wants to know. And the president of HRC said, by prioritizing the foremost LGBTQ community health center in Washington, D.C., as one of her very first public visits, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden has highlighted that the health and wellness of our community is a top priority. Again, actions, not mere words. And showing up and doing the jobs, right? Yep. It's like she draws attention to the work that's happening by being there. She And this also with her plans to keep her full-time teaching job and already out, making healthcare a priority, dealing with people on the front lines of dealing with this pandemic at a clinic that works for our community. None of these things are accidental. You know, I love the intentionality of where you are. Other first ladies have been to the same clinic, but it's representation really matters. And just standing there, letting people take the picture so that they write underneath where they are and what they're doing, all of that matters. If she were, I'm here for y'all, y'all. I'm here for y'all, y'all. Um, yeah, patting somebody on the shoulder, saying, "Now y'all just let me know what else I can do." Bye bye now. And then, and then, and you know, finding a pay there, 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 there. It's gonna be all right. You know, I mean, we're, we're being silly. I'm being if, silly. But somebody under the chin. Now you hold your head up, son. You hold yeah, your chin up. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's Lindsey Graham, you hold your chins up. Um, oh, I did not say that. I did not say that that's mean and that's rude and that's that's just vile and unchristian and I make an apology to sugar riches. Jake Jack said, I'm waiting for the Rose Garden to be replanted. You oh, yes. I got some cuttings here. I'm going to send. I feel like I could. I feel like they need some um, some uh, some succulents. I just feel like they need one oh. section of succulents. I don't feel like that goes. <laughs> And <laughs> just one that you don't know. It was no. you don't know succulents like I know succulents. Uh -uh. You could put a succulent in a windowsill in a bathroom, maybe, but that just not seem right for DC on the eighth coast. Well, don't that you seems like you're trying too hard. A little highfalutin. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Look, a little southwestern moment. I think, okay, my friends, don't y'all think that I'm right that we should have just a little beautiful succulent section of the rose garden, just a little bit, right? Like with a bunch of roses around it. I don't know. I'm not, not, look, I love a succulent. 
a Palm Springs landscape, but I just don't really see a rose garden as the place for some strange cacti. Yeah. What do y'all think? Wait a second. Wait a second. Those of us who know succulents well, you do not say they are not cactus. They are not cacti. They are succulents. They're separate and they're different. Cacti is a succulent. No, it is it not. Is. It is not. Cactuses aren't succulents? No, they are not. I'm pretty positive it's two separate things. I mean, oh, here, let me tell you the reason I know. Okay, because so I, I'm going to tell you, do you know that house right by me where that's just a complete? You're wrong. All cacti are succulents, but not all succulents are cacti. Okay, so there, the succulents, succulents, people who love succulents, you don't say they're cacti because I, you know that house I'm talking about with that, that whole yard of succulents. So the queens that used to live there, I went, I just love all your, and I think I'm being sophisticated. I love all your cacti. And he goes, I'm going to correct you there. Um, it, they, these are succulents, not cacti. And I said, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And, uh, and, and I, my name's Dell. Uh, what I said, oh, I'm so sorry. What I meant to say was, I don't like your shitty desert flowers. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was, fuck you. Correct. Oh. Like, no, I didn't. I, I love a succulent. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I miss succulents. <laughs> See, okay. Victor, well, at least we're fighting over cactus. Thank God the tide has turned. <laughs> See, know, are you feeling a little better now, Del Shores? I am. Y'all have lifted me up. Y'all have lifted me up in the arms of the LGBT community and their allies. Thank you. Oh, all right. Well, traveling on in the healthcare world, uh, a genuinely a notable advancement uh, in HIV chronic treatment. The FDA has approved the first long-acting drug combo for HIV that are monthly shots that can replace daily pills. It's called Cabinuva. The expectation is it will make it easier for people to stay on track with their meds and with more privacy. They're also testing dosing every two months where you would only need a shot every two months. It's approved for use in adults who have HIV well controlled by conventional medicines and don't show resistance to the two drugs that make it up. Studies found that people living with HIV greatly prefer the shots and improved quality of life because even though obviously in the course of medicines, uh, getting down to daily uh, pills one time a day is a huge improvement over what it was previously, but getting into a monthly shot and being able to maintain it that way, hugely exciting possibility. The challenge, the combo would cost $6,000 initially and then $4,000 a month, so 50 grand for the first year. That's more expensive than the current antiretroviral treatments that are 36 to 48,000 a year. Now, the company that makes it expects private insurers and state Medicaid programs and Medicare to cover the cost, but HIV uh, experts say those who want to switch may have to battle their insurance or state Medicaid programs to get it paid for. So an exciting achievement, but once again, a representation that your incomes, your economic status can have an impact on your healthcare. I will say, and I'm gonna keep saying, I don't understand in the middle of all the things we're doing in a fucking pandemic, why we aren't talking about what it would take to make sure everyone in our country has 100% healthcare that they don't have to pay for. Yeah. Bernie. It is where I become like the craziest people of the internet. It's where I fully identify with mm. Medicare for fucking all. I just yeah. think it's a human being baseline. You shouldn't die because you can't afford to pay for the thing that would help you keep living. Yeah.
there. I well, I and and that's a nice transition into a nice Bernie Sanders story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you planned that. I know you gave me. You just handed off that transition. I so did. I, I I love this story so much. Uh, the mittens in the Bernie memes, which I they just they, after a while they they, they were. Just fantastic. I mean, those mittens, how great are those mittens? They were created by Jen Ellis of Essex Junction, uh, Vermont. She's a school teacher and she's a lesbian. She has a partner, Liz. They have a daughter and suddenly she's getting thousands of emails and wanting uh, mittens like Bernie's. Um, when it was all happening, she said, as soon as I was done with remote teaching, I hopped in my car and drove home. It was a huge blizzard yesterday up here in Vermont. So it took me forever. As soon as I walked in the door, my partner was like, you're not going to believe this. Uh, she gave these uh, mittens to Bernie in 2016. Their daughter goes to the preschool that Sanders' daughter-in-law, uh, Liza Driscoll, owns. After Sanders lost the Democratic presidential nomination, she asked Driscoll to give him a pair of mittens she made. And she said, I was just sad because even though I like Hillary, I was also super pro Bernie. And as a public school teacher, I can see every day how families are struggling. People are just trying to make ends meet and they need things like student forgive loan forgiveness and free education and a lot of things that Bernie is fighting for. I sent them these mittens, kind of sent him these mittens kind of as a shout out for who he is. And I put a note in that said something to the effect of, I hope you run again. Uh, she said of the inauguration, I'm 42 and I've walked four, uh, waited four decades in my life. I'm tearing up just thinking about it to see a woman vice president. It was so powerful to sit there with my five-year-old daughter, who I love so much, and be like, this is what we want you to see. A wonderful, successful woman and a woman of color in such a powerful position. It was a great, uh, it was a great day. It was great to share that with her and my partner, who is also a woman. So we're just a huge feminist household celebrating this momentous occasion. I feel like I was a huge uh, feminist household on that day too, because I was on a thread with my ex-wife and my two daughters. And we were just, I mean, it was a tearful day. And, and a lot of it had to do with uh, Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris uh, yes. in that celebration. Well, and I love though that too, that this meme that like destroyed the internet in the most fun, ridiculous and absurd way possible, that at the root of it, of course, Bernie was wearing mittens that were given to him by a daughter-in-law four years ago from a lesbian teacher who just basically wanted to say, keep your chin up. I really appreciate what you're doing. And four years later, he's wearing them to the inauguration. Like, of course, that's the story. Of yes, course. I loved it too. Says Steven said, that sounds like a movie titled Mittens Like Bernie. Or a children's book. Yes, yes. Oh, she should. And Kat said she has three more pair up for auction to benefit Vermont charities. So I don't have that link. Sorry, y'all. But I'm sure you could just put in Bernie's mittens and find it. But I love every element of that story. This lesbian school teacher working hard, remote teaching. She got home late, so she didn't even know that all this stuff had happened. And her inbox exploded. Like just every every beat of that story warmed my heart. If he didn't say thank you, he just did. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, clearly, also, they're really good and warm mittens. You know, it's not like Bernie's going to be out there wearing something just for fashion. So, right. obviously, she makes great mittens. So, uh, well, I, I, I kind of wear a pair. I liked them. I liked them myself. Yeah. 
I wonder if he just like pulled him out of a drawer though. If there were, if it just happened, it was one of those things. He has like a lot of minutes. He goes, these look good. Cause I don't think Bernie like, you know, okay. I'm going to admit something. I, every day before, Breaking news. even here, even here in pandemic, I, I go on my hike, I, I come in and I pull out all the things that I am going to wear, including the underwear, including the socks. I put them on my bed and I then go take a shower. And there's some, there's some thinking behind it. Even in the pandemic, there's some thinking about, and I, I even put a little cologne on today just for me, just for me and my bitches. Um, so um, yes. Wait, I just wonder if Bernie, does it, does he lay out his clothes? Does he, does he think these mittens go with these uh, underwear? Like I think these socks and these underwear look cute together. These pink ones and this Latrice Royale pink t-shirt I got. I'm feeling like that last part. No, I don't think he worries about the matching of the mittens to the undergarments. I and don't see that. And he probably doesn't um, wear Latrice Royale t-shirts. You know, I bet if somebody sent him one, he would. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I do think he's the type that's like somebody gave me this. I should put it to use, you know. Um, and I love that you put on cologne for you and the dogs. Look, y'all, this end is not in sight. I was looking at the website two days ago. I'm probably not eligible for this vaccine in Los Angeles till May or June in tier two. And that's there's tier one, A, B, C, tier two, da, 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 all that. There's a bunch of tiers before me. I, I think that make you feel good at home. Yeah, I tell you, I mean, I don't just light candles for y'all. I light them for me every morning when I sit on my couch and I write. I light a couple of candles, and and sometimes I just, uh, you know, look out and I, I try to celebrate what I can and what I can see. Honestly, I mean, I, I know I'm silly on this show, but I, I really do things that I go, this this helps me. This helps. Yes. Me. What do y'all do? I literally on the TV, you can't, I've got it muted, so it won't impact the show. But I've got a coffee shop with a little rain outside the window. Because y'all, suddenly winter arrived in Los Angeles. Oh. It was like 40 degrees last night. And I thought, you know what? I think Peter was wrong about fur. Because I mean, was 37 this morning when I got up. Because I say, hey, Google, what's the temperature outside? And it, <laughs> what did you just do? I, I said what I say in the morning. <laughs> he answered. He said, it's currently 55 degrees. <laughs> That's amazing. Sometimes I, you know, I, I have to admit, sometimes I just have random conversations with Google. I just ask him a bunch of questions just to have another voice in the house. Yes, just to have somebody talk back. Uh, Kelly said, I turn on my faux fireplace. Uh, I put on fireplace on the TV. J John said, I watch porn. <laughs> I do too, John. I uh -huh. do too. That's oh, a very effective use of time. Just, just yeah, send me some, send me an email, John. We'll share some, uh, some faves. I, I'm down to repeats. <laughs> Victor said, 12 inches of snow in Cloud Trough, New Mexico. That's too much. I like visiting the winter for a weekend. I don't need to live there. Yeah, enough. I think six to eight is enough. Uh, yeah, all y'all people getting snow. I like snow where I can go see it. Like I want to go to snow for the weekend, not do anything and then come home. I don't need weather on random weekdays. It was, I, I get, I, you know, I was really happy that it was raining and it's so weird. I have such mixed feelings about rain. Oh yeah. I don't like daytime rain. I like nighttime rain. I like to hear it when I'm sleeping, but I don't like, first of all, 
Sissy and Gracie do not like the rain. Put your tongue in, you're on camera. Uh, she's so, it's so sad. Sissy always has her tongue sticking out. Um, but they don't, they do not like the rain. Oh, they don't like to walk in the rain. I mean, that makes sense. I funny prefer daytime rain to nighttime rain because I like seeing it as long as I don't need to go anywhere. And right now, I have nowhere to go. But we've reached the midpoint of our show. And if you enjoy what we do here at the Dell and Emerson Show and have a little extra money sitting around, you know, roll of quarters, $100, $10,000, you got in a will, you can send it to us as a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to BeardCollinsShoresProductions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. Not expected. No obligation. We appreciate you attending, but we sure are grateful. Thank you to Leanne and Michael and Jim Levesque who have already contributed today. Sweet. We always, I love all those, uh, that we, we've, when we get uh, denominations of 3209, that always amuses me. So thank you for those who think of a 3209, 3209. Anyway, we do appreciate you. And, and one of the ways that you can always help this show is to share it. Even if you're getting it later on, share it. Say, hey, watch these clowns. Yeah. All right. Up next. Uh, do you know who Jojo Siwa is? I do not. Please educate me. Okay. Thank you. Now, this, she may be unfamiliar to lots of you, but she came out this week and it's a really big fucking deal. And I'm going to tell you some of the backstory so you can understand why. Meet Jojo Siwa. He was on two seasons of Dance Moms. Abby Lee Miller, her big show, not the star, obviously. Maddie Ziegler became the big star. Well, Jojo, after she left the show, went on to release music on YouTube. She has over 12 million subscribers on YouTube. Her debut single, Boomerang, that she released when she was 13 years old, was gone twice platinum with over 930 million views on YouTube. She's toured. She has huge merchandising deals, a massive Nickelodeon deal to license her now. And the bow that you see in this photo is her iconic look. Those bows, the line of them were so famous with younger kids I read a story that in the UK, they had to ban them from schools because kids were making fun of other kids who couldn't afford them. Uh, that She is that big a deal, and she's that big with young kids, tweens, young teenagers. So she posted two TikToks in the last week. In the first one, she was singing along to Lady Gaga's Born This Way, and then she did another one with the members of the Pride LA house, Garrett Clayton, uh, Kent Boyd that was on So You Think You Can Dance, and then she posted this photo of her in a shirt that said best gay cousin. And what she said, she said, my cousin bought me a new shirt. So people wondered with the first two and this was it. She did a big Instagram live and answered questions. She said, for the last 48 hours, 72 hours, I've gotten the most endless amount of support. I'm really happy. Now that the world gets to see this side of my life, it makes me really, really happy. I've been happy in this world for a minute now. And now that I just get to share that, it's just awesome. Um, and there has been a huge and positive reaction from fans. And she's so popular with young kids that it's only parents of kids. And of course, there's some haters. This mother said, my daughter will never watch you again. And her response with 15,000 likes on it was, okay. Um, but like, that's the scale of the influence that this young woman has and why this is such a big deal. She didn't answer exactly how she identifies. She said, the reason I'm not answering, ready to answer that question is because I don't know this answer. I think humans are awesome. I think humans are really incredible people. But she wants to keep things in her life private until they are ready to be shared with the public. So you may not have heard of her, uh, but the impact this has on a really, really new, young, definitively younger generation can't be um, 
uh, discounted. It's a huge, huge voice um, and 17 years old and dealing with all of this uh, and all of this reaction. So lots of applause to her. Um, and But yeah, I wanted to give you some context because she's definitely from a different generation. I heard her response like this. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, she's so sweet and bubblegummy. She also, she got swatted. You know, where the, somebody calls the police and says there's a violent crime happening at somebody's house so that the police will show up and get ready to bust down the doors. She thinks it was paparazzi. There hasn't been proof of it, uh, but that she was swatted right after the announcement. People wanted, she thinks they wanted to get pictures of her outside. Oh, it's real. Well, that, that, that sucks, yeah. uh, especially in a pandemic. Uh, so, um, well, you know, one of the things that we do here on the Della Emerson show is we, we do like to celebrate in our work and also in uh, when it happens in life, when there is progress made uh, within religions that we're not always so accepting. And this story is one of those. A number of Catholic bishops, including the Archbishop of Newark and the Archbishop of Santa Fe, have joined the Tyler Clementi Foundation to issue a statement at, about at-risk LGBT uh, youth. It uh, says in part, as we see in the Gospels, Jesus Christ taught love, mercy, and welcome for all people, especially for those who felt persecuted or marginalized in any way. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that LGBT people are to be treated with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. All people of goodwill should help support and defend LGBT youth who attempt suicide at a much higher rate than uh, their straight counterparts who are often homeless because of families who reject them, who are rejected, bullied, and harassed, and who are the target of violent acts at uh, alarming rates. We take this opportunity to say our to our LGBT friends, especially young people, that we stand with you and we oppose any form of violence, bullying, or harassment directed at you. Most of all, know this, that God created you, God loves you, and God is on your side. And uh, Jane Clementi, the co-founder and CEO of the Tyler Clementi Foundation, said, this is a great beginning. I'm very grateful to the Catholic bishops who have signed the declaration and are courageously adding their voices to an effort to show God's love by exposing any violence, harassment, or bullying behavior against the most vulnerable among us. And if y'all remember that, it was a horrific story that, that uh, another mother who turned something horrible into something uh, quite amazing, a Tyler Clementi story where he was bullied in college and uh, was coming out and was filmed by his uh, roommate and, 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 and streamed it. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, Danielle just, just said, the Tyler Clementi Foundation is who merged with Faith in America. That was uh, Mitchell Gold's organization, yeah. which is the benefit where we first met Danielle. Yeah, and if you want to, if you want to check them out, they're at Tyler Clementi. It's C L E M E N T I dot org, and I, I, I visited their website today, and they're just doing wonderful work, and it's it's wonderful, it's crazy, it's 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 something that I, you know, I I have to say, I mean, I I, I never expected the Catholics to come in front of a lot of religions and they are starting to do it. So, uh, uh, yeah, Catholics go Catholics. Absolutely. And like, if you're Catholic, you know, it's like fixing it from the inside and holding people accountable. And I believe back with Tyler's story, religion had an impact on their upbringing and look at his mother and their family and their organization working with people of faith. That is the way you do the work, uh, and move it along. And we want to applaud that so that LGBTQ people of faith, can feel like they can return to those homes. Hold on, Victor had a joke. 
You know why Episcopalians don't play chess? Because they can't tell their bishops from their queens. That's like a dad joke. That's like a good dad joke. Uh-huh. We love it. Um, all right. Up next, I would like you to meet a fascinating young man. This is Bolu Okupe. He is Nigerian. He is the son of Dr. Doyen Okupe, a physician and politician in Nigeria, where LGBTQ rights are extremely limited and same-sex relationships are outlawed. And if you remember, we actually did a story last year about that hashtag end SARS, the big Nigerian campaign for abolishing their special anti-robbery squad, uh, because in on police brutality in that conversation led by many LGBTQ advocates, uh, because activists, because they were targeting LGBTQ people, um, so we talked about Nigeria last year. Well, the younger Okupe, Bolu, is currently in Paris with a master's degree from business school there. And he posted this photo on Instagram saying that he is gay AF, as fuck, posing in these pride rainbow shorts holding a flag. He got comments saying that he would be dead, calling him against God. And he answered back saying, I hope one day you will educate yourself. If not, I don't care. You'll die ignorant and on the wrong side of history. What's notable is his father was a media and PR aide to two Nigerian presidents, including the former president who signed the 2014 anti-LGBTQ bill into law. His father tweeted, my attention has been drawn to a publication of my 27-year-old son, Bolu Okupe. Uh, and he went on to say, I gave him that name because he was born at the time I gave my life to Christ. I've been aware of his new orientation for a while. He knows that as a Christian and a witness for Christ and evangelist, I am vehemently opposed to homosexuality as contrary to the vowed precepts of my Christian faith. For me, I look beyond the surface or the physical. Here I see a major spiritual challenge ahead, but I know as my God liveth, this whole saga will end up in praise to the Almighty Jehovah. So, so that it was a really Bold statement. He's been out for a while. If you want to check him out, Bolo, Bolo Okupe on YouTube, he's got some videos there. But to be the son of a very prominent, extremely conservative religious figure in Nigeria, um, a huge statement. And he looks like he's looking at starting a foundation as well. So as we talk about our special envoy working around the world and continuing to pay attention to what's happening to our communities elsewhere. I love that picture you posted. It's so celebratory. It's, it's, I, yes. it's beautiful as well. Um, so, you know, and, and that, that sort of, that, that's one of those stories, Emerson, which is like, it's uplifting and then your, you, you, your heart hurts for him because he's still experiencing that within, uh, that, that religious bigotry within his own family. Um, so yep. as much as we celebrate here, all of the, a lot of progression, a lot of, a lot of good, good things are happening in our community. We still have a ways to go. And this next story just proves that there. Uh, continuing attacks on trans people and trans youth. Now from Texas, Republican state rep Steve Toth has filed a bill that would make it illegal to give a transgender child or transgender uh, teenager uh, proper medical care. The proposed law would classify it as child abuse and could land in a doctor in prison for treating his patient as recommended by every major medical association. The professional also could uh, lose their license to practice medicine. Toth claims he wants to stop parents from forcibly transitioning their child. Now, here's here here's the stats. The 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 American Academy of pa Pediatrics issued a policy statement in 2018 that affirmed the use of puberty blockers as a part of a care model for youth 
with uh, young people with gender dysmorphia. This study published last year found that transgender people want, uh, who wanted puberty blockers and got them were far less likely to have suicidal thoughts later on in life than transgender people who wanted them but could not get them. Then up in Iowa, it's not just the South that's having problems, you know, with these bigots, these Republican bigots. Well, Republican rep Sandy Salmon, uh, or Salmon, I don't know, spelled like Salmon, Salmon, uh, introduced a bill that would make it illegal for medical professionals to treat transgender youth as medically necessary, saying that they will outgrow it. Uh, treating the youth as recommended by major medical associations could cost a doctor their license and fines up to $1,000. So these, you know, it's like, don't you have something else to do? There is a fucking pandemic, you stupid assholes. Focus on the things that actually matter rather than the things that will that will damage uh, young people. Well, and it's, you know, they're losing the, the culture war, right? Slowly, but surely, not fast enough. But as we trans people become more accepted, as we achieve accomplishments with them, uh, they are fighting now. They're targeting the doctors, right? They're trying to target the doctors because they're losing the conversation that trans people are winning. We talked last week about seven states today. Actually, today, Montana did three different readings of their House bill and lost it finally. But it's back on the floor in this on the house in Montana tomorrow. It's on the floor in South Dakota tomorrow where they thought they'd won. They're attacking doctors to make trans people not have access to healthcare. And this boogeyman, this idea that doctors and parents have are forcing transitioning on young people, it's actually the opposite. There are so many hoops and so many steps and so many consultations that young people who are trans go through in their medical journey to receive medical treatment, yeah, uh, it's it's finding a boogeyman that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's not like they just go, you know, hey, I'm here for puberty blockers. Here, have them. No, it's not like that at all. There's psychological evaluation. There's all kinds of of help and 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 collaboration with with multiples to to come to this decision. So. And we have to watch and like these state level battles are the ones that are hardest to find and pay attention to. And they're the ones that are most important. We want to defeat these things before they become laws, not fight them in the courts after they are laws while they are doing damaging to trans youth and trans people while they wait to work through the courts. So paying attention at these early times is the most important thing that we can do. And it's the same people that were introducing those bathroom bills. It's the same people that once upon a time were introducing marriage uh, marriage between a man and woman bills at the state level. They are these kind of bigots are so good at getting bills passed at the state level that becomes so hard to fight. So we have got to pay attention. Yeah, fight them at the state level, y'all. If you're in your state and you hear about it, get 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 going, get going, make the calls, get the petitions, everything. Cry yep. loud, scream loudly. That's what I yeah. say. Scream loudly. Yes. Um. All right. And up next, continuing celebrating uh, our visibility in different places. Wait, where did I put him? Oh, I didn't put, you know, y'all like try to get all these things ready before the show. And every once in a while, I miss somebody. I would like you to meet Biden's social media director. Uh, here he is. The sweet young man. Uh, <laughs> in 2012, when Joe Biden said on Meet the Press that he supported marriage equality, 
a high school senior in Madison, Wisconsin, by the name of Brendan Cohen, watched it, and then he came out. Now Brendan Cohen is the president's social media manager. He started on the Biden campaign in May of 2019 after working for Dem candidates for Congress. He was on Tony Evers winning Wisconsin governor campaign. He says in high school, as I was coming to terms with the fact that I was a gay man, I realized pretty early on that one political party supported my rights and the other didn't. It was the initial spark that got me to start paying attention and got me involved. Now, because of the pandemic, he did a lot of work from home at his home in Wisconsin. But he also said once the pandemic forced us to go exclusively online, we had a lot of freedom to do all these virtual events and really to get our message out in a digital first way. He's now working for the White House and he says, I think we have a duty and an important job to communicate with the American people in an effective and clear manner. Gone are the days of erratic tweets, just a lot of hard work, restoring the soul of the nation and building back better. I mean, it is just thrilling announcing that they are just gonna be tweeting the most boring policy-oriented stuff. You, um, I, I love that. I love it when somebody uh, just, becomes a part of something that they admire. And that is, I mean, he he catapulted from, I'm coming out because of you, and now I'm running your social media. Just yes. Great. Um, this next story uh, makes me makes me so happy and laugh. Uh, and I, boy, Emerson, you playing these videos because I had to watch them, and then I fell down a rabbit hole on the boys. Uh, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so you're, yes. So not one, but two different men who do only fans have answered critics who try to shame them by responding with videos featuring their mothers. Uh, first one is from Cameron Cook, known as Jack the Lad on Twitter. He answers someone who says, what does your mother think of you being an accountant, in quotes, accountant? I uh, bet she's so proud of you. Now play that video. What does your mom think of you being an accountant? I bet she's proud. Well, we'll have to ask her, won't we? Right, so mom. Yeah. You know how I am a special accountant? Yes. Yes. What are your thoughts about it? Are you proud of me? Proud? Proud. Of course I'm proud. I, uh, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I always have been, you know, that. But um, I made that deal. <laughs> And? Oh, what a percentage. Yeah, what did you get? Driving lessons. Driving lessons. Big TV. Big TV. So, Mum, is it fair to say I have your support? It's a free will. Free Willy! <laughs> I love it so much. I tell you one thing, if, if any of my kids decided to go into an OnlyFans situation, I would not be watching. I, I mean, I yeah, good whatever. I'm not gonna yeah try to try to be supportive, but I'm not gonna be. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan. I watch all your videos. <laughs> Maybe she gets creative consultant work. Like, could you clean the bathroom mirror before you make that thing? And I don't want people thinking you live in a pigsty. I let you keep this house yes, that way. Yes, and you know, it's like those selfies that people. And sometimes, sometimes on um, like on on um grinder or, or scruff or something and someone sends you a picture and all i could think of you need to make your bed you need to pick up you need to pick up that 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 floor um Wait, my favorite line was when she said i made that d <laughs> like, that dick all y'all are looking at i made it that's for me well and there's one more uh re second is reno gold he's he's at uh gold underscore reno on twitter he responded to a comment 
of that's amazing. Your, your mom must be so proud. And this is his video. That's amazing. Your mom must be so proud. Hey mom, someone on TikTok said you must be proud of me. Well, he's been a disappointment for years, but it would mean a lot if you subscribe to his OnlyFans. Ah, <laughs> uh, also, I love that mom's a comedian. She's like, well, he's been a disappointment for years. <laughs> Mom came with jokes for her script. Y'all must be so proud. Well, we're not. <laughs> you know i love it but also the like sort of serious piece of that you know what made me laugh and smile about that is there's so much shame and there was so much shame there still is for many you know for so many of us because the way we were raised about sexuality about the parts of us that are sexual about your penis about your butthole like that you know there was so much shame and so to see kids like doing what they want you know no judgment if you want to do sex work if that's how you're making money if that's how you bought your mom a tv and got her driving lessons you know, you don't have to watch it. Nobody's making you be there. Nobody's making you show up. But leave them the fuck alone. Yeah, I, you know, I, I go to this place, and I used to go to this place a lot when people would be ju very judgmental with, say, a thruple or with somebody who brought in another partner into their relationship. I said, you know, who is it hurting? If it's if they if they're okay with it, who are we? Are are, are we being hurt? Are are you know? It's just so so so. Um, it's it's just kind of dirty in my mind for us to be the ones who are picking apart other people's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, like, why mind your own bit, mind your business. Just if that if, if do not worry about how somebody else is making their money. Yeah. What yeah. like why would you have a thought? But also, Jen, and to see these moms though be willing to appear, you like just that level of like effusive support of like finding it funny, you know, whether they do or like, oh, you know, honey. Like to just be like, yes, that's what he's doing. That's what he wants to do. That that um that first mom was so hot too. She was so she was just sitting there with her jeans and that great hair. I yes, yes. Um, there was a interesting conversation happening over here. Uh, John said, unrelated. I became a full fledged Democrat because of Ronald Reagan. Not even mentioning AIDS in the eighties. Even though I had voted for Carter for a second term, I was furious and went from independent to Dem. Pat said, I was more moderate before Reagan, but now definitely progressive, leaning in the last eight years. It's interesting how much, you know, because that was all related to the story of Mr. Cohen and watching Biden on TV. How much like that is that is a story we hear a lot. People who were conservative or who might be small government oriented, but because of social issues and the treatment of marginalized communities, move to the left in the best interest of the of the greatest number of people. Well, oh. Rob said I was a male go-go dancer in 1992 at Lucky Horseshoe in Chicago. It lasted a month. I was fat then too, but I tried. Good for you. We should all try. It's something that I admire greatly. Like you know Emerson from my past. I love go-go dancers and uh, yeah, I miss them too. I don't just miss going to see Margaret Cho. I miss stuffing a dollar five, you know, sometimes on my birthday or there's a twenty down someone's briefs that's right into the briefs of a hard-working man you know one time that at, at, at fubar i don't know if you were at that birthday party where i did uh, when i was with uh, my ex jason and 
he I loved FUBAR. And so my birthday party was at, you know, a strip yeah. club, basically. Yeah. And uh, that night I had I had taken a lot of ones and a hundred dollar bill. And somehow I got a hundred dollar bill mixed up with a one and some lucky go go dancer uh, got a hundred bucks. I mean, your birthday was their present. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Be like, oh, somebody had the greatest night because of you. I'm okay with it. Yeah. That died. I had it that night. And then one last for fun story. So the Cake Girls, you can find them at thecakegirls.com, have introduced Valentine's Day underwear cookies. They sell the, they sell the shapes. You can buy these. They're like $4 uh, that you can buy the individual shapes, all the fondant. You can get the stitching tool, you all the stuff you need to make them. They say, add heart sprinkles to dress them up and turn these undies into fun dates. Now, I believe their intention is like, look, these are men's and these are women's. But all I saw when I looked at this was if you get rid of the, like that this is just a Speedo. It's just Speedo cookies. <laughs> I think I might have to order one of these and make some Speedo cookies. I, oh, oh, so you you order the, the little uh, things? No, I haven't yet, but I, I realized I could, if I ordered this, you know, they don't have to look like cute little panties. They could be Speedos. Whoa, you could do, you know, you could make, you could make a fortune. For summertime. Speedos. Um, it's not related, and I might find the video. I saw it earlier. I watched a video, one of those fast-forward videos of someone making like an underwear, a Valentine's Day underwear uh, cookie, and they were putting like chocolate icing in it, and they put a little penis, like sweet tart-looking thing, and then covered it with chocolate to make the bulge. And I was like, oh, that is so inventive and yeah. so inventive. all of the applause. That. What about an uh, edible cookie uh, that you wear? You wear a cookie. I think that's a little, I don't think you, I think an edible cookie, I don't think the weight of a cookie could handle that. That would just, um, there is such a thing as edible underwear. I've well, yes, that. but they're like made out of fruit roll ups and stuff. It's like, yeah. you know, you can get yourself a candy necklace or a candy, like one of those candy necklace cock rings, but I don't think you can. I, no, don't, think I, don't, I don't think those fruit roll ups things I, I it's it's just a little bit of it's just a little bit sticky for my taste Stick. yeah i hear it well look at y'all we've been doing so good on this looser free range content we got two minutes left one reminder you can send us a tip if you haven't already on venmo to at emerson collins or beard collins shores productions at gmail.com it's in the ticker below any final thoughts anybody is everybody doing okay how you, you know, it's Tuesday. I gotta be honest, like I've been staring down the evenings going, okay, we're doing it. Yesterday was the Mondayest Monday of all Mondays. You know what, I'm back to binging sex in the city and I just irritated, just irritated at Carrie. I am so mad at her. I forgot what a horrible decision she made when Aiden, with Aiden, and I'm thinking, and then I'm, I, then I'm getting, you know, going down a rabbit hole of my own life, and go, was there an Aiden? Was there an Aiden that I rejected and, and went with this? And, and you know, uh, boy, she made one bad decision after another. Well, that's why it was so relatable. And, you know? and, then, and then I started doing research to see who had the most sexual partners, and it was Samantha, of course. But then Carrie. I was about to say, why did you have to look that up? That well, was... I wanted to know who was second. Oh, I, definitely Carrie by a lot. No. No, sir. It was a tie with Charlotte. And it was a eight, Carrie? in six seasons. Uh, Samantha had like 41. Carrie and Charlotte had 18. And Miranda had 17 sexual. Partners. I see. Well, uh, 
Tony's in the hospital again. Oh, Tony, I'm He's sorry. You big thoughts. Victor, get the vaccine on Thursday. That's exciting. Jig's with us in the May. Uh, Jim, I think I've had an Aiden. Uh, and Cody, I just want to say I love you boys so much. Thanks for being badasses. Thank you. This is my, I haven't had a haircut in a year hair. The one oh, year anniversary. Wow. Um, Cody, that's a great picture. That is a great picture. Strong side. It's the way you're, you're posed. Really good. All right. That's it. Bye. Um,